Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old albums for some reason. This is Nick. This is Chris. And I'm Caleb, and uh, Nick has the pick this week. That's Nick, right. do you want to tell us what we're listening to? Yes, another episode, another weekend. A little something different this week, I think. Yeah, not a soundtrack. Straying away from the film industry, I have the uh, volume one of the Now That's What I Call Music series. Yeah! 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 <laughs> I consider it a classic. You may remember this album. (laughs) Did you guys have any of these... any oh, of these compilations? For sure. Um, yeah. I think my sister had like six or seven of them. Um, and I would, you know, I would occasionally <laughs> steal it and listen to it on my own. But I don't Guilty think, pleasure, man. Wait, I, this is younger sister? Younger sister. You would steal your younger sister's music. Look, yeah, all right. Let's not Nothing much has changed. <laughs> yeah. um, there were a couple of songs on this that I wanted to hear. So I would listen to the whole thing and repeat it again and again. <laughs> so this it is, wasn't an uh, eight track. You know, you could skip around <laughs> on that. Tracks. This is 1998, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So 98. How, how old are you guys? What what year of school are you in? Nine or ten. It's like 13, 14. I was a junior. So I think our perspectives are going to be a little bit different. Junior in high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. You were not you were not 13, 14. Oh, yeah. 98. <laughs> it's a numbers game. <laughs> oh, you know, man changes, I guess. All right, what do we what do we got here? Up first, we've got Janet Jackson with Together Again. That song is uh, five minutes and one second long. Hmm. <laughs> oh, you really good, did do good, your research this week. <laughs> I'm prepared for this episode. <laughs> good timing, Janet. Uh, I think it's funny that there was kind of the the much heralded like death of disco, and then disco um, evolved into a little bit of an underground like house scene mm-hmm. into some like really cool uh, you know Chicago house, and I think Miami was a big. Uh, and then it, it just got co-opted by, like, female pop stars mostly in the 90s. Yeah. But, like, none of us noticed. That's the part that I find funny. Yeah. Is that people are just like, yeah, this, like, this song, I like it. I like it's a little bit of a dance song. Dancing. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just another disco, it's disco. song. <laughs> it's still disco. Oh, man. I remember I, I watched this music video a ton because this was definitely the VH1 era, like, top 10 lists. And, and VH1's top 10 just had the same songs for months at a time. And it's like, well, these are fine. <laughs> Let's just say this. <laughs> oh, yeah, these songs were definitely shoved down all of our throats. Oh, yeah. So I remember well, when... see, this is the funny thing, and I'm sure it's going to come up uh, over and over in this episode, but this is, I mean, I was in high school, and alternative uh, format radio was like a big thing, especially in Portland. So I'm like, I there's a lot of these songs that I'm, I, it's like, oh, yeah, I know this song, but I don't like remember it hardly at all like i don't hardly remember this song i mean i remember it pretty damn well um, <laughs> it's not bad it's this, is, pre, this good... is pre-wardrobe uh malfunction janet oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah the only bad thing to ever happen on television <laughs> famously <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean like i guess this whole album 
this was definitely the era, and I was I was still listening to the radio. I was listening to it in the car on in carpool. I would come home and like turn on the radio, and I mean, <laughs> it sounds like so foreign to me now. You know what I mean? Like I just I'd let other people decide what I wanted to listen to. <laughs> yeah, it's, pretty crazy. It's crazy. You guys want to get into track two? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's dive right in. <laughs> this is Backstreet Boys with "As Long as You Love Me." Now we're cooking with gas. <laughs> I feel like people, when I say people our age, I'm usually talking about people younger than me. I don't yes. know why. But there's been like a revival of kind of, uh, I mean, it's pure nostalgia. People are like, Backstreet Boys, they're back, you know, they're good. And then like, Backstreet's back. Uh, but right. I was, I was okay. just a little too old when this came out where I hated it when it came out because it was everywhere and it drove me fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've chilled out a little bit where I'm like, yeah, I can appreciate some things about this, but I'm not happy to hear it. <laughs> I mean, their yeah, their pinnacle was like nine, ten, eleven for me. So I was very much like, <coughs> "Boo, they suck!" Like, <laughs> oh, see, I, like you know, for me that was like the age uh, uh, when Boys to Men was. And I was like, really, I was like, I like this. And when I hear it now, I'm kind of like, eh, okay. It, it it was cool amongst like guys on the playground to not like Backstreet Boys. You know what I mean? Because all the girls liked it. It was oh, for okay. girls, even at that age. Yeah. Even at that age, I remember at camp a bunch of like fourteen year old uh, campers like did like a serious dance to this <laughs> and yeah me and my other like camp buddies were like what is it like this is terrible <laughs> is this the same year camp when you did the uh godzilla oh yeah yeah it would have been 98 <laughs> that was a good year so good there, year. there was like this a, is an amazing year for music there was a, pop deep, culture a deep split in <laughs> yeah. the camp community yeah you were either team godzilla or team backstreet boys <laughs> yeah uh, looking back on it, it was uh, like brainwashing. <laughs> so, like, um, um, this was the year that uh, the world got hip to a Y2K. Oh, dang, dude. And the stockpiling began. Golly. Everybody started worrying about Y2K. They weren't worrying about how, how their uh, nipples were <laughs> being hit on television yet. That was a real problem. <laughs> the only Blindsided currency, us. The only currency left is going to be Beanie Babies. You <laughs> I think that the top song this year was uh, Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, Ooh, I remember. That was a great song. Yeah, that seems older to me for some reason. Um, but so, so back to the Backstreet Boys. This is a Max Martin production, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of the famous Swedish pop machine. Apparently. He's written every song we've ever heard. Yeah. Ever. We, we, we love Max Martin here on the podcast. Yeah, just, big devotees. School of Martin. Uh, I like to imagine that he's trying to make music that he thinks America wants to hear, and it's like this feedback loop. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, he didn't grow up speaking English, too, which is super fascinating, and just, yeah. you know, tried to key into the sound of the words yeah. and you know maybe that's why it's such a success i don't know yeah the words don't matter yeah the words don't matter <laughs> just keep it simple there's only like four chords or five chords in every song I was, I was doing some research on max martin he's got 22 number one billboard number one hits which is insane which is insane and, and we were talking about before the podcast he sings them himself on the demo mm-hmm. and then just like sends it to the artist and he's like just do that 
and then you'll get a number one hit. Yeah, out of I it. think he's like right under McCartney and Lennon as like you know uh, most number one hits on the Billboard chart. But if you ask anybody, like they don't know who he is for the most part. Right, most people don't know. I, yeah, because it's it's not like him singing his own songs. Well, it's it, I mean because people think Taylor Swift writes her own stuff. He's written I think like seven or eight songs for at least Blank Space. Blank he uh Blank Space Shake It Off. Mm-hmm. Those were two number ones that knocked one of them knocked the other one off. I can't remember. I, Swift versus Swift. Swift versus Swift. <laughs> I think uh I've got a theory he's really good at like, oh, let's I'm going to sit down with this artist and like have them think they're writing a song where he's he's like, "So, Taylor, like what do you what do you want to write a song about?" And she's like, "Well, maybe a breakup." And he's like, oh, "Okay. Oh, breakup. Okay, I like that." He's like already got like one cued in the bank, and he's like, "So let me. I mean, this is your idea." He just starts yeah. slowly playing the song he already wrote. Exactly, and he's like, wow, "This is amazing, Taylor." I mean, you you have a gift. Ooh, that's a really good line. But maybe if we tweaked it, actually, I have this already printed out. That doesn't matter. He just high fives the producer as he walks out, and he's like, "Sob." How many songs did Max Martin write on uh, the first volume of Now? Just oh, I don't know. Like Ooh, I, think. I, th- I think this might be the only one. Okay. Um. But he's all over all the other nows. If it's Britney Spears, if it's um, Backstreet Katy Perry. Boys, Katy Perry, Pink, a couple other people. But. Early Robin, of course. Was, uh... Before we run out of time, we got to get to track three. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We've got Fastball with The Way. Where were they going without ever knowing the way? They drank up the wine and they got the talking. Now we're getting into Caleb's junior year. Yeah, there this we is go. the soundtrack right here. Did you guys know uh, Fastball played a concert in New York last night <laughs> at Le Poisson Rouge? Where uh, Where were you? Where were you? <laughs> I, I talked to somebody who was at that concert last night. Wait, I was what? like what? <laughs> like Fastball? Are you serious? They just play that song like ten times. Like, good night. <laughs> They're really good. They're really good, man. No, but it was like a, at Le Poisson Rouge. It was a very small venue, so there's like a hundred people there apparently. But. Huh. Uh, yeah, like a very flamenco-inspired Texas <laughs> It kind of started that thing where like the beginning of the song sounds like it's coming out of like an AM radio, yeah. like whole trend. Yeah, I like that. Do you guys know what this song's about? <laughs> yeah, I do. I didn't know. I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it up or yeah. not. Have we talked about it on the podcast before? I don't. We no, I don't have. think so. No, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think we have. But it's about... <laughs> what a, you go for it, Caleb. Well, there's apparently a story of an old married couple, uh, a woman who had Alzheimer's, and the husband was uh, dealing with a brain tumor. And then they, they hit the road to go to church or something, and then they were found like dead in a ravine about 80 miles away. <laughs> Beautiful story, but... <laughs> well, yeah, it's like... Yeah. There's like... Off they go. I guess there was a, an epidemic of like old people disappearing. Or, like, you know... Uh, post-war people like I don't know like the 50s ended and like they didn't understand the 60s and then like in the 70s and 80s they were just like I don't I don't get anything <laughs> just, anymore and they're just like let's just drive <laughs> I think America's uh, America has a notion of, of personal freedom and there's some things that we have a hard time like grappling with and one of them is the reality that 
we need to take driver's license away from really old people. <laughs> oh God. I was like, where are you going? We this have to take them away so much earlier than we do. Oh, man. Because uh, they're just, <laughs> I mean, cars are like, uh, they're just giant weapons just pointed at people. And you got these old people just like losing it. I mean, I'm in favor of not having licenses at all. That everyone should be able to drive a car no matter oh, what. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to read you guys some famous quotes from 98. <laughs> and you just tell me who or what, uh, you know, what that's from. Uh, the first one's real easy. Uh, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Oh, God. Um, Everyone's favorite sax OJ's, player. OJ Simpson? <laughs> Jesus. That's, right. uh, Cut that off. Billy and Clinton. You may it's remember like the slogan, Think Different. Apple computers. Apple, Apple, Apple. Oh. And also the slogan, think outside the bun. Uh, Taco Bell. That's right. Oh, Taco Bell. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very live, good. Now it's Live Moss. <laughs> Congratulations, Chris. You get to hear the fourth track on the Now That's What I Call Music Volume 1. This is Flagpole Sitter by Harvey Danger. Yeah. Nineteen ninety eight also marking the birth of the MP three. Ooh. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. Um, For the first time. So, what up, Napster? Yeah, I remember this song being everywhere. This yeah. is and it was a Seattle group. So yeah. it was kind of in, in, in my hood. Yeah. Um kind of hilariously, one of the founding members uh is named Jeff Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spelling. You know, spelling. Yeah. And our beloved electric light orchestra. <laughs> I like the idea of uh, having a meeting with Jeff Lynn and <laughs> Like, oh, 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 Harvey Danger. Uh, yeah. Oh, right, Wrestling right. through papers. Um, <laughs> oh, I, oh, so sorry. <laughs> sorry, we prepared different ah, We're like so happy good. to have you on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Lynn, everybody. So this week we are uh, reviewing uh, Out of the Blue. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Um, I remember that song. That song was huge at uh, summer camp. Yeah. But this is just the year of summer camp. Yes, camp it, was a little, boys. it was a little dirty. Like there was like some weird elements to it that like, I don't, I don't, I think they were kind of over my head in fourth, fifth grade. Not quite sure what it meant. Mm-hmm. It kind of towed the line of being, you know, it wasn't like too cheesy, but it wasn't super hard rock. It was like kind of okay to like that song. Like no one, no one was going to get too upset with you. Yeah. I, you lo- I loved that song as a kid. I remember... There was like I guess there's one I'm an now I'm an amputee got you like on the radio. Oh, was like, it? They, yeah, they edited it out. I think the whole thing is that it's uh, coming out of Seattle. I think it was a parody, essentially like kind of a winking parody of a grunge song. Oh yeah, yeah. So it was like this is what everybody's singing about, like singing about how how stupid people are and how I'm an amputee and this and that. Yeah, I think yeah. it's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. kind of funny. Harvey Danger. Um, they played their last concert in 2009. <laughs> Oh, so, they didn't play last night. No, they didn't play last night. <laughs> there's, researching a lot of the bands on this, all their Wikipedia pages, there's like a large blurb that's like, hiatus. <laughs> like, it was all like 2003 yeah. to 2010. What happened? hiatus. <laughs> Let's dive into track five. We've got Spice Girls making their first appearance. This is Say You'll Be There. Yeah. 
Spice Girls. Spice Girls. Spice Girls. Can if, you... if I had to, uh, if I had to be on a desert island with one Spice Girls song, I guess I would have to pick that one. <laughs> this one? It's pretty. It's pretty fun. I mean, yeah. the production is kind of a throwback '80s sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah, a lot of Spice Girls just drives me crazy, like because I find it annoying. This sounds like some more Max Martin. I get like a cross check on that. I'm looking it up. I don't know if. It is. Doesn't look like it is. Maybe it is. I could be wrong. Um, the, the wild part. I. This was the era where I would buy CDs from TV. I remember buying a, a compilation CD before this called "Living in the '90s." You would call a phone number. You would give them or send them a money order, and then you would get the CD like two months later in the mail. It's completely wild. Wait, so you bought a nostalgia compilation about 90s music while you were still in the 90s? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Great fan of the music. It's time life, the 90s. Yeah, so the now, that's what I call music. You would call the phone number, and there looks like in this video, their P.O. box was in Colorado Springs. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> all our listeners in norad right yeah. it was full price it was 17.98 for the cd at the time plus 4.95 for shipping and handling and a lot of the time i feel like i would end up paying more you know than that price at of actual store just for one song on the cd yeah oh yeah it's been which, like 20 so I'm, bucks to I'm get basically one song. paying $20 for one song, which is such a wild concept. You could also uh, you could save a few dollars by getting the cassette because right. that's only 15.98. Correct. Plus Correct. shipping and handling. Plus shipping and handling. I just um, two uh, months two months down the road it'll come in the mail. Yeah. Well, you can get the 2-day uh, express delivery if you're really <laughs> That's $147. <laughs> I remember for a while like these these now albums were like top albums of oh, yeah. the year. No, I like, think it was huge business they, <laughs> until Napster just destroyed everybody's world. They're still coming <laughs> that out. That birth with of the MP3 really yeah. <laughs> did a number. Yeah. <laughs> Can you guys name all the Spice Girls? We've uh, got Mel B. We've Mel got B. Posh. We've Posh. got Sporty. Sporty. We've scary. got Scary. Well, that's Mel B. Yeah, that's, that's Mel B. Mel B. <laughs> and then just, Ginger? Ginger and Baby? and Baby. There you go. There you go. Um, um, Victoria Beckham... Yeah, I don't think that's two Melanie's, Jerry Hallowell, two Jerry Hallowell, and then whatever baby's real name is. I've heard so. I've heard the the rumor behind it all is that Sporty Spice Melanie Mel C is really the talented one, and she did like the majority of the singing. But that she, was I remember that being my impression at the time. Yeah, but she wasn't like like the other girls were kind of cuter than she was, so they were sort of they kind of took the uh, I guess the spotlight away from. Melanie. Poor Melanie. <laughs> I remember at the time thinking that Posh Spice was like amazingly beautiful. I think I found out later that it was just like a mannequin with expensive clothes that they just like shook around in the background. Yeah, she was just a cardboard cutout. I don't, cut I don't think she brushed. could sing or dance or anything. I don't think she ever did really sing on any of them. Like she maybe did some like accompaniment, but you can def- I think they just turned her microphone off. <laughs> I remember the Spice World uh, movie, the VHS for that, got played a ton at my house when I was a kid. Oh, really? Funny movie. And it's I w- pretty funny. I went to see it in McCarran Park a couple of years ago during the, the summer series. Had it hold up. It was great. Yeah. it's. Yeah. Really, I thought. It, I remember really thinking it was funny. Uh, shout out to uh, the Duggins twins. We watched it at their house a couple times. <laughs> they were like, trust me, it's really funny. Like, and uh, what's his name? You know, the guy from Cheers. George Went? Yeah, George Went. I mean, who doesn't love George Went? I don't think I've ever seen the movie, so I have, I have no no references for you. He's the manager. Spice World. Check it out.
Um, I remember like they would show their tour bus. And then it would like cut to the inside of the tour bus, and it was like like a seven thousand square foot like <laughs> palace. Yeah, and you're just like, wait, what? But let's dive into track six. We've got Casey and JoJo with "All My Life." You are the only one. You're my everything. And for you, the song I sing. I have a thing about 90s uh, R&B where it just it just annoys me so much. Why? Uh, it, it's stuff, <laughs> and this it's funny because like listening to it now, it's like yeah, that's just a gospel song, and yeah. it's, that's like actually a pretty good song. But that beat though, there's a lot of it, and we'll get into it later. Where like a lot of the soul music from the 70s that I love has like these warm Hammond organs and like and live instruments, and in, in these they're like these studio like clinky studio pianos, and like every sound is just like yeah. Everything's just Christmas album to me. It, it, everything is it Christmas album. It took all album. the fun parts out of R&B for you. Is that the deal? Like, yeah. I don't... I don't know. Casey and JoJo. Aren't these brothers? They're uh, brothers. They were the uh, the front and back of Jodeci. Jodeci. Yeah. Where they just got rid of the, the, the middle syllable. Yeah. <laughs> they just kind of went off on their own. Um, I could have sworn this was boys to men. <laughs> like, even... I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. No, I knew it was Casey and JoJo, but like... Hearing it now, I'm like, ah, man, because I can. I'm visualizing boys to men singing this song. I don't know what that says about me, but if you weren't a fan of that song, maybe you were a fan of uh, David Bowie's dial-up internet service that he started in 1998, <laughs> known as BowieNet. Oh, it came with its own email and exclusive content. <laughs> it lasted until 2006. I'm reading BowieNet. <laughs> BowieNet. <laughs> Who are the users of BowieNet that were like, it's ending? Oh, I had my own email. He was always a chameleon. Yeah, that's very long true. time he was like, uh, you know, he was the White Duke. He was Ziggy Stardust, and then he Mr. was a competitor of AOL. <laughs> <laughs> what happened and, to Bowie, man? Him and Netscape really battling it out. <laughs> oh man, um, just an IT specialist. Yeah. Like you would call it up, and it would just be Bowie. It's Bowie. We're gonna up. help you get into your email. Hold on, give me oh, a TCIP <laughs> Um, I, yeah, this, this song, uh, all my life, I mean, this was played at every middle school dance I think I went to. That song comes on and you're like, oh no, I have to find a girl to dance with. And then you end up not. And you're like, oh. This is an issue that's come <laughs> up on the podcast for you before. Yeah, no, this is like <laughs> that fleeting moment of like desperately trying to find somebody to dance with a you have a trigger when a, when a 90s R&B song goes on you're, you just it's start Chris in the corner with a cherry coke sweating. <laughs> yeah, I just, literally <laughs> <laughs> repressed memories oh man middle school is a tough time well done. let's I get right into it in high school <laughs> uh, track 7 All Saints Never Ever the single edit Oh, 
It's funny how they weren't sure if the Now series was going to take off in the U.S. as it had been a large commercial success in the U.K. Yeah, well, yeah. Th- this song is evidence that this is put together by a U- U.K.-based company because mm-hmm. All Saints, I don't remember them at all. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing about them later as like they were a British... Uh, like a girl, girl, they had to slide girl, one yeah. in there yeah. for the U.S. release. Yeah, they were like a lesser uh, <laughs> Spice Girls for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember them either. <laughs> They're the, uh, only, only my second favorite band named after uh, a clothing retailer. <laughs> <laughs> after uh, the Gap Band. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yes. I was, I was racking my brain. I was like, Forever, Forever 21? Was that a band? <laughs> Banana Republic. Yeah, yeah. Limited 2. <laughs> Man, I, yeah, just the the dominating uh, like boy and girl bands of this era were just like everything was put together. There was no soul to any of it. They were all constructed. They, people didn't even know each other in the band. How crazy is that? Yeah, like shaking hands like for the first time while you're recording. I mm-hmm. think we're starting to get into that. Because everything goes in cycles, and then like there was a huge '90s like girl group boy band explosion, and I feel like it's starting like there's that BTS, that giant uh, mm-hmm. Korean. There's a bunch of these Korean groups. Yeah, these K-pop are, bands that are. I did yeah, a well, focus group on one of those actually, <laughs> where they attached like this like brain sensor to our heads <laughs> and our fingertips. Wait, what? And, no, this is real. They were playing us BTS and just seeing how we reacted, and apparently I was enjoying it. <laughs> I scored like way off the charts. They all say they don't enjoy it, but the studies show that they like, do. Ah. Yeah. Well, dude, there's there's these academies in Korea where they sign people when they're kids and train them how to dance and sing. Yeah. And then like put them into different groups and then like create them and send them out into the world in the way that like in the Dominican Republic there's like camps for uh, for pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> dude, it's it's wild and like the the obsessed fans with those groups. It's it's unreal. Um, and if they're seen like dating or like having a real life, then like it's a huge controversy. And there was some, there's a great NPR radio lab about like K-pop bands. And I guess like one, uh, female, uh, singer in one of the bands was seen like with another male member, like entering a hotel room or something or like leaving a hotel together. And then when she came on, uh, at this giant arena concert, no one said any like they all have like little like glow sticks but they like put them out <laughs> and just sat there in silence and like they it's called wild. it the black ocean <laughs> just like totally like void they're like no booing no nothing just like quiet like dude a uh, pin drop in the arena bts was on snl last season yeah and i was watching that episode and they were performing and you're kind of like okay and i just like i was like this isn't really weird or like it was just kind of very familiar but not good or bad or weird i was like this is confusing yeah you gotta do the bts focus group man you'll come out on top (laughs) the screen like goes black and i just see my own reflection in the tv but it's my father's face and he's like crying i'm like what and i'm like down i'm an old man it's like i'm old (laughs) it's not a dream man Where was that focus group? Was it in some dude's van? It was. It was at a building uh, next to one World Trade Center. I've gone. And I've the gone secur- back to the that. security to get into that focus group of the ones that I've done was so intense. It took like a half hour. It's so weird that you say that because I was just there and it was an abandoned warehouse now. And I was like, wasn't there a focus group there? And they're like, what are you talking about? Oh, it's like that scene in, in the <laughs> game, never, the Fincher movie, <laughs> yeah, yeah. where he like goes back to the business and it's, it's like completely, completely gone. gone. He's like, yeah. ah! There hasn't been anyone in this building. <laughs> 40 years. 
Let's get into track eight. This is Tonic with If You Could Only See. If you could only see how blue her eyes can be when she says When she says she loves me Well, you got your reasons And you've got your life This uh, compilation album is kind of reminding me of the smell of a uh, Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> yeah. in the mall. Like that that woods fragrance. Oh, Do you remember that? That's my clone. I just put that clone yeah. on. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> it smells good. The funny thing, it's like so much, it's so much like pop music from Sweden, essentially. And then like rock music from the Northwest. Yeah. Uh, but not like good Northwest rock music. It's like the the third generation of grunge, where it's just radio hits. Yeah, I was. Gonna, I mean, this is kind of like the uh, grunge's sort of like death rattle. It was like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, this is like the motley crew of grunge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I read that this this song is about uh, the lead singer was dating an older woman and his family wasn't accepting of it. Uh, and then you I'm, could only see. Well, I, I'm sure that once once the band hit and he was on the road, I'm sure he brought home plenty of younger women to make his family <laughs> his happy. Family happy yeah. <laughs> like, she's 18. <laughs> God, I, I want to say this was nominated or won a Grammy. Um, they've earned two Grammy nominations for this album, uh, which is called Lemon Parade, uh, which what? I just can't here without the <laughs> tonic lemon, lemon parade what's happening <laughs> guys get it together uh but yeah they hit number 11 on the billboard charts with this one which um was very very telling of the times i suppose some of the artists when they got approached were not into if they were established at the time they were less into the idea of getting added to this compilation yeah uh harvey danger being one of them and i think tonic as well yeah and then you know, had eventually just said yes. Yeah, well, I don't know, like, what was the the money situation? I mean, the artists have to be getting a ton because otherwise it's, like, why would you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean. I think the money was good. Maybe the the, uh, the bands like Tonic and Harvey Danger maybe didn't want to be <laughs> oh, put yeah. right next to a Britney Spears or a, um, you Demuth, know. Yeah. yeah. Brian McKnight. Oh, yeah, Tonic oh, didn't hey, want to sell out. <laughs> yeah, Tonic didn't want to sell out, man. Yeah. But, you know, I think when they maybe saw ads on TV or something like that with, with other bands like them, you know, put next to um, pop stars, they were like, well, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of like the, it, it would be financially irresponsible to turn this down. I think it made a ton of money. Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah, it was a huge thing. Virgin, uh, Virgin Records were doing it. Richard so Branson. I, yeah, so I think anybody like in their wheelhouse they probably had fair game to do anyway this this album funded so many hot air balloon rides oh, yeah. way up <laughs> many of branson's islands <laughs> yeah <laughs> yikes most of what we know about like extreme hot air balloons it's all it's all from this album all from this album <laughs> yeah this went straight to his hot air balloon fund because <laughs> i just looked ahead at track nine. Oh, is this what i think it is go ahead this is hansen with uh, mba
Before we get into Hanson, I will say that uh, Jeff Moscow, who is uh, primarily responsible for putting together the music for these compilations, his quote on the uh, the Now series is, it's convenient. It's like sometimes you go home and you make a meal for your family. Sometimes you go to the drive-thru. <laughs> so this is the... <laughs> This is the drive-thru? This is the fucking drive-thru. <laughs> like, look. Well, you know what? I don't have time to sit down and listen to Miles Davis right I now. Would have, I would have, like, made a mall, mall like, things. Like, you go to a mall and everything you want is this right is there the together. This the Jim Gaffigan yeah. McDonald's bit, man. So, it's, all, it's all McDonald's. Sometimes you just want some hot slop. <laughs> Sometimes you don't chew. You know what I mean? So we just pour it in your mouth. It's a liquid beef injection. You just swallow it. With some burger substitute just rolling down your throat. This is Hanson is some warm, broken hamburgers being thrown at us from 40 yards. It's insane. He knows. Jeff Jeff knows. I guess that's the thing about the the late 90s. Everybody was obsessed with selling out. Like now, everybody is like so accepting of like, you got to do what you got to do. Oh, like, uh, like we're going to run out of water. You got to try to like. And like. I mean, I mean, people don't even care. I, mean, I don't. I don't think the term "sellout" is even like a familiar. No, like you want you term. want to have your song in a commercial. That's yeah. like the way you get discovered now. But back then, it was like, I know what I am. All right. Yeah. yeah. I'm a garbage salesman. <laughs> I sell you garbage. There's a price on my head if our song isn't a Doritos commercial. It's the scene in Uncle Buck where John Candy's oh, in the uh, kitchen and Macaulay Culkin's like he's cooking our garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get into Hanson for a hot minute? Oh, well, man. this song, uh, so they were kind of a Bieber situation where I think they put together independently an album. Of yeah. course, they were a bunch of little kids. Yeah, children. And, um, and then it was reproduced into the album that hit big. Mm-hmm. And this song was actually produced by the Dust Brothers. I don't know if you know the Dust Brothers. Yeah, this was a Dust Brothers the production. Dust Brothers. Um, they produced some Beastie Boys, I think. Paul's, a lot of Paul's music for, uh, uh, for Beck. For Beck. And they, they did like the Fight score, Club soundtrack. score for Fight Club, which oh. I'm sure we're going to do eventually. Yeah. Dude, but they Brothers, were like a up? hip, cool, but every once in a while you got to shovel hot garbage <laughs> down people's throat to pay Man. the bills. <laughs> they tried to hide out from this one, but... It's like you're not gonna make money off of the Beastie Boys. Yeah, it goes multi multi platinum, but uh, still the real got, money. Yeah, find those kids. You still gotta get a studio with a bunch of uh, tweens. Yeah, <laughs> I may or may not have owned a Hanson album. Really, really, uh, yeah. quite what? possibly. Oh, quite man. possibly. Yeah. yeah, you guys are young. I mean, my sister. This was definitely like key demographic for her. I mean, she MTV went crazy music video about it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still touring. They're still around. Yeah, they've had a healthy career. They've had a healthy career. They look very like they look as if they weren't supposed like supposed to get this old. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, don't, they don't look bad. I like, think I thought one of them was like a girl when I when I had yeah. the CD. Taylor Hansen, and she, I mean, sounds and looks uh, very feminine. <laughs> uh, I think it's Taylor, Zach, and Mike. Hanson, maybe I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'll get a fact check. And on Chris, that. Chris Hanson, that's who it is. <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, they're kind of hidden behind like scarves and hats. They're like, <laughs> I guess they look fine. I don't know, but they don't. These poor guys haven't aged that well. Um, oh, poor Hanson. <laughs> poor Hanson. Poor Hanson. They don't have what we have in yeah. podcast. <laughs> Hanson, yeah. where are you? <laughs> Taking pop shots at Hanson. <laughs> In the comfort of the studio. Yeah. We've got a problematic band name up next. This is track 10. 
This is Zoot Suit Riot by the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Ooh. Who's that whispering in the trees? It's two sailors and they're only pipes and chains and swinging hands. Who's your daddy? Yes, I am. Bad cat came to play. Now you can't run fast enough. You best stay away when the pushers come to shove. Zoot Suit Riot. I think on the pod, one of the episodes we talked about a uh, goblin swing. This is this is peak Favreau. This is LA pinstripe suits. I I will cop to the fact that I had a Squirrel Nut Zippers album. I love the and I was into them, and it was like eccentric, and then. There was like other, like Mighty Mighty Boss Tones I enjoyed on the radio. And I think even as a kid, this was like one one step too far for me. <laughs> That's kind of like, I, uh, I bought into it hook, line, sinker. I love <laughs> I, I mean, love I love the movie. Zippers. I love, I love I swingers. And I was, I got, <laughs> a, and then. Match made in heaven. Uh, <laughs> hey, Nick, do you know what the lead singer of uh, of the Cherry Pop and Daddy's name is? Um, Off the top of my head. You know, it's uh, a- Steve Perry. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh. I remember I clicked. I was like, surely not. Surely not. He not the Steve Perry from Journey. <laughs> no, no. This is the, no. It is the Steve Perry from the Cherry Pop and Daddy. Perry. Uh, okay. Okay. Stop Let's get his name. <laughs> <laughs> they were apparently Say Steve Perry. One more time. Apparently, they were a uh, L.A. scene like punk act. Yeah. And they would kind of sporadically put swing tracks on their albums, <laughs> and then when. Uh, when Favreau really turned the world upside down, they put together a compilation of just their swing music from the last like three records, yeah, and then a couple new songs, and this was one of the new songs, and and the rest is history, man. Yeah, I will say oh, I was DJing a friend's wedding. What well, uh, I say history, I mean the 1930s. Last weekend, and you know the dance floor was going fine, and I looked down uh, for a moment, and I queued up uh, La Vida Loca, yeah, and I looked back up. And the speed at which the dance floor had turned into like a So You Think I Can Dance episode <laughs> was crazy. People love swing dancing. Uh, when I think of regrets, I always regret, regret like not learning like a second language really well or, uh, you know, not learning how to play an instrument. I, um, you know, as a kid, I kind of dabbled. But then you played sax. Oh yeah, when I was really little. Okay, but uh, different really episode. He's really good at sax. But like <laughs> the thought, if I had spent a ton of time in the '90s learning how to to swing dance mm-hmm. and became like the best swing dancer, that would be the other kind of regret. Of like, why did why did I do that? <laughs> I hung out. I could have just played video games. Yeah. <laughs> I hung out for years in a club hoping to see John Favreau. And, and now I have crew. an embarrassing skill that I will have for the rest of my life. Yeah, man. I, um, <laughs> I got to Charleston where I went to college, and everyone down there calls it shag dancing. And it's just it's just swing dancing. They're like, beach music, shag dancing. I'm like, swing dancing. I just found a really good bit about the guy from Fastball talking about being on this compilation. He says that I really just wanted to be in this mid-level alternative music thing alternative rock i wanted to be on top of the bottom and we ended up being on the bottom of the top <laughs> oh, man. Poor guy. i like that that's some fucking self-awareness man it, it, well it, this article you're uh you're kind of thumbing through i mean it's 
full of regret. Everyone involved is just like, oh, for sure. we, they just came in with a suitcase full of money and we didn't know what we were signing. We didn't know. We didn't know what it would be. Yeah, all these quotes. I think it puts us in the time capsule of 98 and absolutely locked the door. Yeah, so that's just... <laughs> oh, God. It's scary. Oh, I don't know when that article was written, but it's just a fucking playlist. Like, nobody yeah. cares anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were always going to be the band that you are. Look, the Cherry Pop and Daddies, they... <laughs> They have no regrets. Uh, apparently, okay, apparently their live show was insane. Uh, they had something. I don't know if I should say it, but uh, it was a go on, Chris. A, tell a, tell the listeners like a like a what little jazzy doing? scooter with like a giant dildo on it, and they would like ride it around. <laughs> jazzy the, scooter yeah, the stage, yeah, yeah. Jazzy scooter, pretty gross. Uh, pretty, pretty fucking gross. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, I think their their whole like swing vibe was like a reaction to like the current state of punk so instead we're gonna dress up uh chain wallets and you know zoot suits oh i guess uh cursing is a thing for uh moscow when he was putting together these uh compilations he goes on to say when you put on a now album in that dash you're gonna have an hour and 20 minutes or so of family friendly pop entertainment without any fumbling without any how do i connect my phone God. It's what? convenient. It's convenient. <laughs> Is it uh, about time for a break or where are we at? Uh, yeah, we could go for a break. We've got uh, 40 more volumes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have, a, we have a game after the break. I think Nick put together a game for us. Yeah, I've got a game. Uh, Stick with us for a round of Covers Blown. Oh, nice. And a little bit of a throwback. Nice. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to add to the track listing Spotify playlist our favorite song from 1998. Which uh, mine might be on this album. (laughs) Stick with us. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Tracklisting Podcast. We want to hear from you. So if you've got a soundtrack recommendation, a suggestion, a review, uh, did I mispronounce something, or uh, if you just want to hurl insults at us, or you just want to say, hey, uh, please reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram at tracklistingpodcast, Twitter at tracklistingpod, or email us tracklistingpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, uh, why don't you tell a friend that you think might enjoy it as well? Uh, Or maybe tell two. Yeah. And they tell two friends. And And they they tell two friends. And they (laughs) tell two friends. (laughs) That's how you start a movement. And also, uh, if you like the recommendations we've got, uh, you can check out our official track listing playlist on Spotify. Yeah, tell tell people about the the playlist on Spotify, and then they'll tell two friends, and and they'll tell two friends. friends. (laughs) We love y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Welcome back to track listing. <laughs> very regal. <laughs> I've got a game of covers blown for us Yay! this afternoon. All right, nice. I think we all know how that game is played. Uh, for the listeners, you're going to give us a few options. It's a multiple choice question. That is correct. Regarding some awful covers. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> covers happen in unlikely places, and we like to shine a bright light on that uh, here on track listing. So, for round one, the song Meet the Flintstones. The theme song from Meet the Flintstones. Yeah. It's been covered. (laughs) I figured that's the one you're talking about. It's been covered. Was it covered by Devo? Mm, The B-52s? Or Oingo Boingo? Okay. Take it away, guys. Do you think this is for one of the movies? Yeah. And I, I can... 
with a 95% certainty say B-52s because they were the band, the BC-52s in the Flintstones. And they also did the... Twitch, Twitch, <laughs> another like bedrock song. Bedrock. I, don't, I don't, I don't know why, but I can totally imagine the B fifty twos and the, God, what a yeah. cheesy band. Uh, Fred, they had some good stuff actually. Oh, dude, Fred Schneider's the man, though. It's, I give uh, the Flintstones. <laughs> it might also be Devo or Danny Elfman outfit. Oingo Boingo. <laughs> I give, uh, I give Nick credit for listing three bands that are exactly the same as far as like period and the type of music. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with, with Chris. I'm going B-52s. You've convinced me. Because the Flintstones movie. Lock it in. Lock it in. All right, your answer to round one. The first movie or the second movie? First. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. There we go. That is the B fifty twos, as the as Chris said, the BC fifty twos. I know it. I know it. it does sound like Devo's playing the guitar part. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, I was I was like, wait, shit, is it Devo? Oh, fuck. Um, yeah. Classic Fred vocal on. Well, All right. Good job, Chris. You dragged me through that one. I, I would have been a little lost. They're a huge part of that movie, too. <laughs> they're like running around on stage. Yeah. And yeah. they're all through the top. That hey, was one of the seen... most, Like that movie apparently did well enough where they produced a sequel that they couldn't get any of the original cast on board Viva with. Viva right? Rock Vegas. No one returned. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent, Excellent round. Both you guys get 2,200 points. <laughs> Thank you. Right, Thank you stay on track. Okay. Yeah, so, moving on to round two. Uh, Baby One More Time. Ooh, okay. A song. A song. A Max Martin song? Max Martin song. A Max Martin song. Pitched to the Backstreet Boys and TLC. Rob, I think Robin also might have. I don't know. Was Baby One More Time covered by R.E.M.? Oh, no. Has it been covered by Travis or the band Nickelback? Oh no! I feel like this week, uh, a lot of a lot of weeks, we have kind of an antagonistic approach to these games. But I feel like we're working together. Yeah. And so the Trav, think- I think Travis covered "Hit Me, Baby One." I think I remember seeing that like on Kazaa or something. I don't know jack about Travis. I think Travis Love is the that answer. Game. <laughs> you don't know Jack <laughs> about Travis. The host is mean to you. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm going to lock in Travis. Well, uh, for the sake of Remember, you together, got R.E.M. and Nickelback. I don't see Michael Stipe stooping that low. Nickelback, I mean, nothing would surprise me, but... <laughs> um, you know, I'm just gonna say Britney Spears covering "Lose My Religion." <laughs> I love, only. Yeah. I love the uh, the headline Nickelback. We're not the worst band, guys. Yeah. We're bad. We're not the worst. It's Imagine Dragons. <laughs> um, <laughs> Very true. All right, I'll, I'll say Travis as well. I don't know who Travis is really. Okay, okay. this is answer to round two. That is Travis. All right, yeah. Travis. On VH1 Storytellers. Oh. Oh, All right. nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. The poor man's MTV Unplugged. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
if we can't call it un, <laughs> uh, uh, called storytellers, I don't know. That's close enough, right? It's the story about a Max Martin song. Something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are at forty four hundred points each. All right. How good would TLC version of Hit Me Baby One More Time have been? Pretty good. Uh, I, I got it. The Britney Spears version's pretty good. I don't great. know if it. So speaking of TLC, right into round three, oh, the song No Scrubs. Ooh. Was No Scrubs covered by number one, Weezer? Has No Scrubs been covered by number two, Some 41? Or has No Scrubs been covered by three, System of a Down? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, yes. I'm, my heart says Weezer. Weezer has put out like. Covers. Yeah. They put out like an album and a half or maybe two albums of just 90s covers. Yeah, like. They're. <laughs> Weezer is becoming a Weezer cover band. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> That's a weird thing. Then even like, yeah, they don't recognize each other anymore in the band. <laughs> it would uh, if if there was like Vegas odds makers on this game, it would be irresponsible to pick anybody except for Weezer. Yeah, I gotta I gotta lock in. Weezer. I gotta lock in Weezer. Lock too. in Weezer. Yeah. Some forty one great band. Just move down. Also uh, great band. Weezer are the Patriots of <laughs> covers blown. Shout out to a kid in high school that said some forty one was better than the Beatles. He's <laughs> like. Time will tell. Time will tell. Right now, they're hot, but like they're going to be the best band. <laughs> Here is your round three. Mm, harpsichord? Very faithful. A scrub is a guy that thinks he's fly and is also known as a buster. Always talking about what he wants and just sits on his broke ass so no, it's Rivers, right? That's Rivers. That is Weezer. Yeah, I'm claiming yeah. victory. That could have been anybody, but <laughs> from the Teal album, yeah, the collection of, uh, of covers. Of covers. <laughs> <laughs> Billy covers. Jean's on there. Oh man, it's a real. Oh, Say what man. you want, but hey, I'm, I'm a big wow. Weezer fan. All right, we're in good shape. Guys, sixty-six hundred points. <laughs> <laughs> I told y'all uh, I was at a restaurant. And there was like a giant dinner party, uh, and then Rivers Cuomo showed up, and he was like at least an hour late, and, he, and everyone's like, "Oh, here's the man," and he was like, "Sorry, sorry," and sat down. It's the only, the only Weezer anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> Round four, we've got "Smells Like Teen Spirit," great '90s track. Okay, was it covered by Miley Cyrus, Shakira, or Jennifer Lopez? Uh, Miley Cyrus, Shakira. Jennifer Lopez. Take it away. Maybe I, Miley in a I, rebellious. Miley phase? Cyrus, I feel like is the only one of these people with a sense of humor in their career. Yeah. Where Jennifer Lopez is like always trying to be more R and B, so I wouldn't true, assume true, that true. she would do that. And then Shakira. I mean, I told you like she did cover that ACDC song terribly. That's true. So she's a wild <laughs> card. Uh. I am going to say Miley Cyrus, but I'm, I would put it at maybe 70%. You know what? I'm going to go Shakira just to make it interesting. All right. All right. Let's jump right into the answer here. This is round four. It's got to be Miley. Nick, it sounds like you were at this show. 
That's Miley, that's Miley right? That's Miley Cyrus. Hey. Hey. Good job. That's, I'm edgy. <laughs> Can you tell? Dude, that's a Is great Miley. That's exactly what she sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> we're, get, we're coming up on round five. All right. This is for everything. The you, ultimate you round. Either a tie or Caleb takes home the trophy. <laughs> you guys have to finish the episode alone. Yeah, that's right. So boots are made for walking. Mm-hmm. Great tune. Nancy Cover. Yeah, not so much. Was it covered by Jessica Simpson, Christina Aguilera, or T Swift. See, I know They're this. They're all so different. I know this, yeah. so I'm going to let you fumble around for a while. <laughs> Flounder on the ground. Um, I think it's. I, I feel like I remember Jessica Simpson doing this. I believe it was on the uh, movie soundtrack for, in a movie she was in yes. for the uh, Dukes of Hazard. I believe so. Johnny um, Knoxville. I think it was directed by Jay Kenneth. Uh, uh, you know the guy from Broken Lizard. Oh, oh yeah, oh Jay Kandashar. I feel like <laughs> yeah. you're missing a, a syllable, but yeah. Now we get to watch Caleb Flounder. Uh, uh, yeah, edit Jessica, the part out. Jessica Simpson. Starfishing man. Jessica Simpson. <laughs> Jessica, Jessica Simpson. Simpson. Is that a final answer? Uh, Lock it in. Locking it in. Here is your round five. It's the General Lee. Are you ready, Bose? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. That is Jessica Simpson. Yeah. Uh, I remember this is a very provocative uh, music video. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the few times um, my friend was like telling a story and this kind of... Yeah, this music video came on and he like stopped dead in his tracks and he was like, Yes, uh... Yeah, I was, uh... Oh, uh, <laughs> she like she's like washing a car in her Daisy Dukes and stuff. Thanks, guys. Yeah, this is your play. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. I think that uh, might have been wins. a clean sweep. So that's eleven hundred <laughs> points for both you guys. I think Willie Nelson was in that movie too. I think he was. Could have been was. true. <laughs> Who's a uh, Sean William Scott and Johnny Knoxville? Yes. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Confederate flags all over the place. All right. <laughs> and getting back to the soundtrack. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, Thanks for putting that together. Covers blown. That together. Covers blown. It was a great game. We are pulling right into track 11. We've got Imogen with Shorty. full title of that song has you keep playing with my mind in parentheses i think uh <laughs> i don't know if it's because it's one of the songs i'm least familiar with but this might be one of my favorite songs on there yeah it sounds like it could be in the men in black soundtrack it's really but good not it's in the like, movie uh <laughs> yeah. it's got keith murray on it from deaf squad which was the uh hip-hop trio with uh red man yeah um yeah it's like an r&b boy Boy band. Yeah, much. one of the members is Donald Faison's <laughs> bro- little brother, right? <laughs> little brother, which is from uh, just Clueless. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and, um, and scrubs. Imogen, am I pronouncing that correctly? I think it's imagine. I think it's just a mat. That was a oh. very that was a very late nineties thing to do. Is like imagine. It's imagine, but it's spelled with a J I N. Like okay. <laughs> Sometimes you just want fast food, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that production is fun. It's like we'll get into nineteen ninety eight. I think the best music of nineteen ninety eight is obviously hip hop. Yeah, and there is sure. pretty much none of that on here because I think it was deemed too controversial or whatever. Yeah, it's um, going to alienate our fan base. <laughs> yeah, so I think probably the biggest weakness of this compilation is that there is no hip hop. No hip hop, and this is the closest thing to it. I think there is a there is a rap verse with uh, Keith Murray. Yeah, this, this is about the closest you can get to hip hop without. Um really diving into it without <laughs> rapping, I guess. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Okay, hang on. I, th- I feel like you're contradicting yourself, Caleb. Okay. Are you just saying 90s R&B sucks? Well, that but hip-hop is great. But the hip-hop is good. And when they, when they started to meld, there was some good stuff. And this was kind of an example of that. Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Imagine. Uh, I mean, 90s hip-hop isn't as good as the hip-hop of the late 60s and early 70s. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying Imogen. Imagine. Uh, track 12 up next is Brian McKnight with Anytime. How I wish that you would call to say Do I ever cross your mind Anytime Do you ever wake up Mark McGuire hitting 70 home runs in 1998. <laughs> the peak of human performance. Yeah. Uh, so when All I was, natural. When I was a kid, there was, um, I think it was Nordstrom was kind of the fancy uh, um, department store. Hell yeah. And one of, the, one of the reasons you knew it was fancy is you walked in and there was a, a guy employed who was always playing like piano. Ooh, there was like a grand yeah. piano. Oh yeah. That job was, pays really well. You have to know like a thousand songs. Yeah. yeah. You should yeah. play all day. Yeah. Uh, and that's what this piano sound on this Brian McKnight song. So like sound. hotel lobby pianist. Yeah. It's like yeah. just <laughs> George Winston. Do you remember George Winston? I don't think I know he was like kind Winston. of, uh, he was like the piano, uh, Kenny G. Oh, just <laughs> soft jazz. Yeah. Just like soft jazz. Lob- uh, Lobby piano. Uh, uh, <laughs> how many uh, Grammy award nominations do you think Brian McKnight has uh, been nominated? Ooh, for? dude, the Grammys. I don't even know. Like, people can get nominated like twenty times in one year and not win anything. <laughs> uh, I think he he's never won, right? He's never won. How many total nominations? Yeah, sixteen. <sighs> yep. 16? <laughs> yeah, you got it. You nailed it. Right on, man. Right on. Great. Um, yeah, he's Good been guess. nominated 16 times, never won one. And I guess he's only like one of three people to have that many. I guess it's uh, he's third only to Morton Lindbergh and Snoop Dogg. Okay. Well, I don't really know Morton Lindbergh. He's never going to get it. Never going to give you up. <laughs> Never going to get it. Oh, yeah, it's not looking good. I haven't heard a ton of Brian McKnight lately, but... Beautiful, beautiful falsetto voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. voice. It, it's, it's the production that drives me crazy. It's yeah. not really the voices. Yeah, it's just kind of 
filler it's stuff an- for him anodyne, to, yeah. to vamp over. Yeah. Ah. Uh, the website hamsterdance.com was created in 1998 <laughs> oh, as a result of a competition between Canadian students to see who would generate the most traffic and is one of the earliest examples of an internet meme. Mm. Do you guys remember what song was playing? Uh... <laughs> During the hamster dance, which was what? The hamster dance song? No, I don't know. <laughs> it that's was, not the ham- that's just the hamster dance song. It was the song from the Robin Hood uh, Disney oh. that sped up. It was the rooster, like yeah, it was uh, Will Scarlet. Yeah. Oh, he was the guy. He's like on his porch. Yeah, he was. He was the troubadour. He was like playing through the whole thing. Yeah, McConaughey rooster. He's like, uh, Some good trivia. I like that. Yeah. A uh, little fox <laughs> running around. He's, uh, he's Robin Hood. Yeah. Here's another song. There we go. If we ever have a moment where you're not sure what to say, just read trivia as fast. <laughs> just fire it off. Let's get into track 13. This is Aqua with Barbie Girl. I'm a Barbie Girl in the Barbie world. Life in plastic. It's fantastic. Let's go party. What happened if you were at an after hours party in Bushwick and you know it's like 7 a.m. and this song starts blasting? What do you think the reaction would be? I bet people would lose their minds. I think they'd you have think a lot of fun. You think it would just go off? I would dance to it. I was dancing right now. It's got a great beat. Yeah. I, I, I'm not exaggerating. This isn't hyperbole <laughs> to say that this is one of my least favorite songs from the decade of the 90s. Oh, come on. I remember when it coming out and it's just, it was everywhere and it was. So jokey and gross, and I don't know. I fucking hate it, man. I fucking hate this song. <laughs> Come on, Norwegian band, right? Are they Danish? the vocals on that song? Danish, Norwegian. Uh, it's just. I mean, it 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 knows what it is. Yeah, isn't there like you a weird? I hate it for that, but it's just so version of that. Fucking <laughs> sure there is. How can it? Sure how can you be more of a parody than what it is? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Mattel filed a lawsuit and it lasted five years. <laughs> so the court case lasted five years over this. And uh, a, a judge dropped it and said, Parties need to chill. <laughs> that was his quote. <laughs> I like this judge. Yeah, he's a cool judge. That was before the recession. Yeah. Back when people, people were chilling. Oh, man, dude. The economy was so great in 99. Just chill out. We're all making money, everybody. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's never going to stop. <laughs> So, uh, that guy, Moscow, <laughs> liked to kind of humble brag about how much um, thought they put into the order of the tracks. Oh. And... Yeah. That's the hard part. <laughs> let's just take the song we just heard and play the next track and figure oh, yeah. out how much work he put into the, uh, the order of the tracks here. This is Radiohead with Karma Police. <laughs> this is what you'll get. When you mess with us I 
I do love that song, but hearing it right after Barbie Girl <laughs> just kind of it makes you question a lot of things. How well, many tweens hit skip yeah. on that? Do you think? <laughs> oh oh man. yeah. Well, we were talking about uh, when we did the Batman Forever soundtrack. Everybody check it out a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there was so many bands on there that were like, you know, known bands, but it's like Flaming Lips in you know the '90s and uh, a bunch of a bunch of bands that are like even bigger now. Uh, but if you look at this track listing, like there's a few. I mean, you could argue that Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls probably had a couple years after this where they were like their peak years. Mm-hmm. But the only real band on their way up is is Radiohead. Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, everyone sure. else is like on their way, like tumbling down. They're one hit, or they're kind of like yeah, they're just like canoeing uh, towards yeah. the waterfall. <laughs> they have no idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. Like things are great. Things are great. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm. It's evidence that there was not much uh, artist control of whether their music ended up on here or not. That Radiohead's on here. Yeah, like if there's anyone that I could imagine being stubborn about yeah, a little, like, <laughs> it's Tom York. Tom York. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you think he used the proceeds uh, from this on? Like, did he, it's like, look, I got to redo my kitchen. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just so this is off of um, uh, what is the album called? Okay, computer. Okay, okay computer. computer. Which is kind of their first big kind of serious album or an album where people started to take them a little bit more seriously than a lot of their 90s counterparts. Mm-hmm. Although I like the Benz quite a bit. Benz is awesome. Um, but so this, when they were writing this song, they probably weren't even like really sure it would get much like radio play because it's kind of a weird song. It's very cinematic and long. Uh, they probably never imagined it would come after Barbie Girl and then <laughs> fucking... Oh, the man. <laughs> the song does have a great music video. Yeah. Yeah. Got the person on fire with the the long car scene. Yeah. Very iconic. Uh, I mean, yeah, do you think Tom York owns a copy of Now That's What I Call Music Volume 1? <laughs> you don't think so? Caleb is shaking his <laughs> head, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb is <laughs> definitely agreeing to this. I, I don't know if he does many interviews, but it would be hilarious to bring this up. Oh, man. Because I feel like you could wind him up and just let him go. <laughs> There was a, you know... Best decision I've, you've ever made? <laughs> do you remember in 1998? Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> I, know, I followed them for a long time, you know, big big fan. Oh, yeah. And me too. After OK Computer, maybe... Well, after uh, Creep, in this era, you know, Tom York was just so mad. <laughs> was genuinely mad frustrated and upset at the industry. He was good friends with uh, Michael Stipe, and they liked to get together and just be sad about the music yeah, industry. Like they released you know. their own album on their like website, and was like, "Pay whatever you want." They did that, you know, because yeah. Best yeah. Buy is fucking us. On but there was so. there was some shift. His attitude in interviews just dramatically shifted. You know, to maybe it had to do with them having success or financial stability. But there is a noticeable change. You see him now, and he's. Very, you know, I would say happy, very positive. But yeah. during this time, you could not interview a more stubborn, <laughs> frustrated, sh- you know, shut down the conversation. Yeah, I mean, like, I think because he was worried, like, he was a sellout, you know? And I don't think there was a media landscape that was allowing well, him to not they, be a they sellout. They had talked about breaking up after you know, each also, album that I they think made. There's, there's, like, a lot of kind of, like, uh, athletes on their rookie deal, like... You get a record label deal, yeah. and you get an album finally like, oh, now we have the money, and then you do a second album, and then it's like, 
it's like, wait a minute, who owns our songs? And like, what the fuck's happening? It's like, we yeah. have to go on tour. Like, we don't have a choice. The and cycle, it's like, yeah. when are you doing the third album? It's like, well, maybe we'll take it. Some-. And it's like, no, you actually have to do it. It's like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, like, all how- these contractual obligations. And so this is their third record, right? So which is probably like, after this one, I think they were probably able to sign a deal somewhere else or like get on terms where they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. It's but props for them to sticking around. They're definitely one yeah. of the best bands out there. To be yeah. fair, Tonic, did, head, Tonic did a lot of their best work <laughs> after 98. <laughs> Tonic, you know, those, those <laughs> great albums. the Thief. Great I really like uh, In Flowers, King of Looms. Before this gets into the uh, Radiohead <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, let's get into track 15. This is Everclear with I Will Buy You a New Life. I moved in with the strangest guy. Can you believe he actually thinks that I am really alive? I will buy you a garden where your flowers can bloom. I will buy you a new car, perfect shiny and new. I will buy you that big house. Gillette introducing the Mach 3 Razor in 1998, the first <laughs> triple blade shaving tool. Ooh, Gillette. Uh, sales are down. Beards are in. <laughs> I was just looking through facts. Like, what song does that sound like it's a, you know, in a jingle for? Could be, I will buy Gillette. you a razor. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think I've said it before, but this is the most Southern California of all the Portland bands. Oh, yeah. So, Cal, I, I loved. I mean, this, this was af, uh, off of uh, so much for the Afterglow, their '97 album, oh, which yeah. is, uh, I mean, still I think I, uh, yeah, that's like pretty. I would listen through pretty it. listenable. Um, I stole it from my brother all the time. Uh, it was really good, <laughs> uh, but I thought this was kind of the you know like hair metal bands would always have the ballad for the radio play. Yeah. This was definitely the the ballad sort of like radio play song. wasn't no edge to it, which all the other Everclear songs had a little bit of edge to it. I was like, what? Why did this one get all the radio play? What the heck? Don't you know the rest of the music? <laughs> I I think I talk a lot of shit about Everclear, maybe just because they were like, <laughs> for a long time, they were the Portland band before there was like a bunch of great Portland bands. Uh, but it's like, out of all the 90s bands, it's rare. There's not many bands where you can hear like somebody's style and know immediately that's like an Everclear song. And not just not just the vocals, but it's like... It's like yeah, that tonic song. You know, you could you could be told that that was like a filter song. There's so many bands, but it's like Everclear is Everclear. I gotta give them that. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, they do have their own unique sort of sound. Uh, yeah, this Nick, one. Nick looks unconvinced. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Everclear, uh, what do you guys think about this? On April Fool's Day, 1998, Burger King published an advertisement for the left-handed Whopper. The condiments of this Whopper were supposed to be rotated 180 degrees as to avoid spilling out toppings from the right side of the burger. It was said to be the ultimate have-it-your-way for lefties. I do like the uh, the insinuation is like, okay, everybody knows that like our burgers fall apart on one side. <laughs> That's crazy. Warm, broken hamburgers. But what if it you fell apart how, the other side? Yeah, You know how Burger King exactly. burgers are barely there? <laughs> you just pick it up and crumble. You know how it's hand. a ticking time bomb and it's going to ruin your day? I was trying to find what Hands movie. Hands covered in mustard. Everclear was in a movie, and I can't remember. Like they played live, and yeah. Sunday. Sorry, was back to Everclear. Not not another teen movie. I know they were a part of that. But oh, I don't, I don't know. Nah, it 
doesn't matter. <laughs> just Everclear. I like Everclear. This yeah. was a big summer camp song for me. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking camp monsters over here. Uh, all these camp memories come flooding back when I listen to 90s music. My summer camp <laughs> album uh, is uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. That's the one I remember That's from... Good. Summer camp. The one CD that I did take to Camp Champions was Astro Lounge, the album by Smash Mouth. At first, I was like, wait, "Can't fill in the blank." I was uh, sad that I didn't know, and then I was happy I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, summer camp. <laughs> Let's get into track sixteen. This is Lenny Kravitz <laughs> making. <laughs> His millionth appearance on track listing with Fly Away. I fly above the trees, over the seas, and all the greens, to anywhere I please. I feel like there is a uh, there's a notion that Lenny Kravitz is like a guitar virtuoso, but I think it's only based on like like album covers or like press photos <laughs> that he's holding I, a guitar because that's just like power chords. Everything about him continues to perplex me. Don't. It's like he stabbed me when I was a small boy, and every time I hear that song, the knife twists. What was the the joke? Chris and I had the joke where you would talk to somebody. You're like, okay, I'm not saying that Lenny Kravitz is the best guitar player ever, but you got to put him top five. I mean, it's like what you have. I mean, maybe four you have Kravitz, and then I mean, th- you know, three uh, you would have uh, Hendrix, obviously, and yeah. then uh, you know Eddie Van Halen, and then John Mayer at the top. But yeah. it's like you got you can't say. Yeah, like, the Lenny Kravitz is an amazing guitar player. <laughs> this is the boardroom <laughs> meeting at Rolling Stone magazine. This is them having that meeting. Yeah, the whole joke is just to slip John Mayer in as number one and then move on. Oh, obviously, <laughs> Mayer number one. And then, you know, maybe Kravitz is top ten for sure. <laughs> I'm not saying that Kravitz is better than Hendrix. I'm not crazy. He's not better than Mayer. Well, he's not better than Mayer. When he purchased that, I think we've talked about it on some episode where, you know, the studio that he has in the Bahamas. Oh, yeah. He purchased like that old Beatles console, like the red console. console. For what? (laughs) To do what? What is he doing with the Beatles console? Why does he need that? It's like, make it more funky. Can we make it? Wow. I'm not saying that, uh, that. A good guitar player has to be good at like shredding, uh, but he's a he's famous for playing guitar. I don't know if I've ever heard him play a solo. <laughs> I feel like it's all just riffs. It's like okay, that's all right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Fucking Kravitz, man! Right, it's insane. Let's fly away from the <laughs> flying into the last track on Volume One. This is Woo! Marcy Playground. With sex and candy. Hanging round downtown by myself, and I had so much time to sit and think about myself, and then there she was. Like double cherry pie, yeah, there she was. Like disco super fly. I smell sex and candy. Yeah. Who's that lounging in my chair? 
shout out to our friend uh, Paul Kadish, who I was just talking to the other night, and the song came up in conversation. And Paul got really excited. He was like, dude, first thing I learned to play on guitar. <laughs> that's a good, like, yeah, yeah, man. That's a good guitar song. Uh, great song. Great band. I don't know about the band. Yeah. I remember, this is kind of a one-hit alternative wonder in my mind, at least. For sure. And yeah. I remember when it came out being a little bit obsessed with this song. I don't. I never bought it, but I remember it was like I was kind of like hoping it would come back on. K- I remember buying this K-N-R-K. album at a Blockbuster Music. Yeah, rest in peace. I think this has been on the podcast before because I think Carolyn Gilliam was. Like, yeah, it was on the uh, Cruel Intentions one. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think so. I could be lying, but if that's uh, true, that's only our second repeat. I think. Uh, uh, there we go. Man, we're really in a... <laughs> Maybe we should just hear that track again. Yeah. The double play. I yeah. like that song. Because I was like, can they say that on the radio? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah. Sex? <laughs> Sex? I remember, yeah, hearing this in carpool and, like, uh, the mom driving was like, ow! <laughs> like, turned it off. And we are like, come on! The mom that was driving my carpool car would um, hear Kiss from a Rose and turn it up to a deafening <laughs> level where the kids in the car were just screaming. Sam! <laughs> 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 Sam! No! She locked the windows, too. Was... Dude, that song's good. <laughs> I, just, I just roll out of the backseat on the highway. I will say, uh, the lyrics to this <laughs> song, besides the ice, I mean... Even that, I smell sex and candy is just gross. Um, but I'm like, uh, hanging around downtown by myself, got too much time, saw a lady, but like it's, it's just. Buddha bye. This is like blending some, into the walls. Some pure nineties pop. I know. Dig it. <laughs> dig it. Meow. Can you dig it? It's still good. I, I think know. they were named after some like place in New York. Um, I know that the band is out of Minnesota. Okay. I'm not sure where they. Okay. Uh, there's the Marcy Projects in New York, where mm. <laughs> like a bunch of rappers grew up. But uh, I think it was yeah. named after a, a school in Minneapolis or something. Okay. Lead singer is named John Wozniak, uh, not related to Steve Wozniak. <laughs> I thought uh, you were going to be like John Lennon. John, <laughs> Wait, John Lennon. Lennon. Steve Perry. Oh, John Lennon. <laughs> Oh, that's the soundtrack. No, no, that's the compilation. That's the compilation compilation album. The soundtrack to 1998. Yeah. All right, it's time to review this thing. Who wants to lead off? I'll go if nobody else wants to go. I think we should should force Chris to go because he's so easily... (laughs) All right, Chris, what's your rating? Somebody asked me last (laughs) night, they are like, do you get talked into things really easily? And I was like, yeah, how did you know that? For, uh, <laughs> you're like helping some stranger move his couch. Yeah. You're like, why would you say that? Look, I helped him move his couch into his van. He tried to kidnap me. I hung out with him a little bit. He had some cool moths. Before um, before we leave, did you get any of these gifts for Christmas in 1998? Mm. Nintendo 64. No. Um, mm. I did get it for Christmas. I don't know if it was not. Yeah, probably. No. I got it like the following year. Mm-hmm. Everyone had an N64. Uh, Betty Spaghetti. Betty Spaghetti. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> but it sounds pretty terrible. Uh, Furby. Mm, yeah. I remember. Had no, I didn't have one. Had a Furby. And uh, lastly, the Pokemon Yellow video Ooh. game. No. Uh, did not have Pokemon Yellow. I had Pokemon Red. Okay. All right. Is this a weird time to bring up that I'm a Jehovah's Witness? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to recommendations. All right, Chris. <laughs> hey, um, 
15. No, no, to, to ratings. <laughs> yes, to ratings. To ratings. Uh, out of 15 stars, it's tough because this is like, I mean, it is good. It is good. The hardest part is that nobody has reviewed it yet, so you have no baseline. <laughs> I know. I'm just going to go right down the middle. Um, but, like, everything in my 10-year-old heart uh, would tell me, like, this is lame. So, like, at the time when I was 10, I was like, I know this is lame because they're, like, it's so clearly manufactured and there's no essence or soul to it. But you've got Radiohead on there, you know? Um, Harvey Danger I like, Fastball I really liked at the time. Everything else, I mean, Everclear maybe, I don't know. I I have to I have to give it a bad rating. I'm going to give it a 7.9. So, All right. a little less than half. All right, Nikki, you want to go Fair next or you want to go last? Uh, I'll go next. Half, sorry. Out of 15 star tomatoes. I would say it's tough, man. This is a really tough one. Uh, yeah, it's out I'm, of the. Yeah. I'm gonna go ten point four. Go the middle ground. Sex and Candy, great. Radiohead, great. Uh, Spice Girls, great. Backstreet Boys, great. Fastball. Janet Jackson, okay. That's a good Janet Jackson song. Lenny Kravitz like is where it loses most of the. Most of the steam for me. Well, there's really, so many soloing. There's so much, just, so much just, guitar work. Where's the song? It won't, he won't stop playing. People won't stop giving him money. It's, anyway, yeah. I'm going to give it, yeah, 10, okay. 10, 10.4. Okay. Um, so we usually review soundtracks, which are, they're usually um, beholden not only to um, songs that function in a movie, but also what can get licensed for the album. I feel like the budgets are usually a lot smaller than whatever. This is kind of like a powerhouse. These are a lot of like top songs of the year on here. Um, given that, I think out of 17 tracks, there's probably only five songs that I actively like. And there's probably four songs that I like... Actively hate. Actively hate, <laughs> which is like... Yeah. It's funny, doing this, sound, doing this podcast, I'm faced with a lot of music that I never, I'm like, oh, I don't really like it. And then you hear it and you're like, oh, you know, like, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. Like, but there's songs on here that I have, like, many bad things to say about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I have to give it uh, 4.2 pitchforks. Ooh, okay. This is a, <laughs> <laughs> we're coming down the streets for you. What's the guy's name? <laughs> Uh, Moscow. <laughs> Moscow. Moscow. We'll Let's just call him Moscow. Well, I mean, I guess the good thing is there's only um, 86 more versions of now uh, up until I think they stopped releasing them in like, you know. Every week our listenership doesn't grow. We do another now yeah. album. <laughs> I'm sticking with to, all to now. So tell your friends about the podcast or you know what's coming. <laughs> to punish all of you. Yeah. I was like, great. This will be the next 300 episode picks for me. <laughs> Done. Yeah, I don't it. have to think anymore. It's fast food. <laughs> All right. Well, Nikki, thank you for yeah, bringing us that soundtrack. That thank you. Fun. You're welcome. Good departure. Uh, before we leave, we are going to add our 1998 song to this track listing favorite playlist. Favorite song from '98. Let's, Let's do it. What's your fave? Uh, let, <laughs> I was going to force Chris. Chris, why don't you go first? <laughs> you go first? No, Caleb. Caleb, why don't you lead us? Yeah, okay. So uh, the song that I picked, it was from a band that I didn't get into until a couple of years later when I was in college, maybe 2000, 2001. Um, but this is a song off of their third album, which came out in 1998. This is um, 
Scottish indie rock stalwarts, Bell and Sebastian, hmm. uh, the song The Boy with Arab Strap, um, this, the title track off of the album. What did you learn from your time in the solitary cell of your mind? There was noise to distraction from anything good And the old prison food Color my life with the chaos of trouble Cause anything's better than posh isolation I miss the bus You were laid on your back with a boy with the Arab strap Boy from the Arab I'm a big fan of kind of uh, British jangle pop or yeah. you know, Scottish as it is. Uh, and there's definitely like throwing back to a kind of kink sound that this could be on a Wes Anderson soundtrack pretty easily. Yeah, I saw them live a couple of years ago. They were great. They're yeah. fucking still great. Yeah. Their sound and aesthetic is has been so consistent in a way that's uh, really impressive to me. And I feel mm-hmm. like they probably didn't really pop until like mid two thousands. You think that's right, or am I? Well, I mean they've they've definitely had like kind of parallel careers in the UK and here. I think mm-hmm. in the UK they were big around this period, and then they kind of slowly grew internationally. And it's just one of those bands that have stuck around, have done like great albums here and there, and. Mm-hmm. And now they're, you know, they're still just doing it. Yeah. Same sound. Yeah. Great. It's a great song. Great song. You want me to go? Sure. Okay. Take it away. You have um, another Bell and Sebastian song? I have another Bell and Sebastian <laughs> song. Same album. We don't have a guest this time, so this round won't be as long. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I chose a song called Bad Diary Days from a band uh, called Pedro the Lion. And uh, it's off their 1998 album, It's Hard to Find a Friend. So let's hear that song. songs that were kind of uh predicting what the sound like 10 years later was going going to be be. yeah Yeah. uh oh very much so um i think i saw i this is one of the first concerts i went to um at a place called uh the ridgely theater um which was like they used to have these great indie bands come through and play and it was like a you know 400 person venue and i want to say marshall newman and will tanner took me to this concert, and they're like, you like Pedro the Lion, right? And I was like, totally! And I remember... Uh, it's like Spanish band, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Uh, yeah, Pedro, he's great. Uh, he's a great lion. Um, uh, and I remember like he did like a and a session, and I still to this day, I laugh about it, because... Uh, he, he like answered a bunch of questions and I guess they're maybe like a Christian band. Like there were some like Christian elements and some of their stuff. And then like halfway through the, um, the answer like the question answers, some guy in the back was like, let's talk more rock. Let's talk more rock. 
like yelled it until they started playing. It's like, pretty good. Please man. shut up, sir. Um, and I still shout that anytime, anytime any band like has taken some sort of break. It's such a good heckle. Less talking, more rocking, man. Anyway, Major the Lion. I really got into them a couple years later, uh, but seeing, I, I think I probably saw them when I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school. But nice, great band, great band. Check them out. Very nice, thank you, Chris. Uh, for my pick, I was trying to think what twelve-year-old me, twelve-year-old me, would have said at the time, versus uh, looking back now and saying what is my favorite track from nineteen ninety-eight. Uh, so 12-year-old me would have said that uh, Freak on a Leash by Korn was the best song of 1998. I saw you queuing it up. Yeah, yeah. I was so excited. Let's get a little taste of that. Oh, Takes a part of me. You guys are watching the uh, Todd McFarlane video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was probably my most played song of uh, 1998. Can you skip to the. Oh, the breakdown. Oh, here we go. Here's the breakdown. So, uh. It's like it was a couple of years ago when you know I was thinking about that song and uh, I was playing it on acoustic piano and just singing along and you know it's kind of a pretty song and I was like you know this would make a good cover and I'm like singing the chorus and it's sounding good and then I'm like I get to the bridge and I'm like I can't there's nothing you can do with that bridge oh can you do like a little like um maybe a nice piano version of that what i like because there's kind of a thing in vogue to do these like low tempo like stripped down versions of like hip-hop songs or like metal songs yeah and it'd be fun to like you do everything stripped down with the piano but then when it comes to the part you just do the vocals the way the vocals are <laughs> yeah. you just start screaming at people <laughs> yeah. like, way in a nordstrom <laughs> very soft piano <laughs> intro and then like <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I feel like um, my brother could have taken a very interesting turn. He was like pretty big into System of a Down. This is like early 2000s. Oh my god, the drummer in that music video is so scary. <laughs> it's scary, yeah. He's big into like System of a Down, Corn, um, a little bit into Slipknot, and then he like went to the Pledge of Allegiance tour when it came through um, <laughs> Fort Worth or Dallas or whatever. And he was like, it was awesome. It was like the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, oh man, are you gonna are you gonna turn into like one of these people? Like a juggalo almost? Like oh, no. juggalo without the makeup. It was basically what that whole scene down was. It was it was a crazy thing in the nineties because we were the age of kind of the target audience for that music. Yeah. So it's like a weird memory for me to look back and be like, Oh yeah, I remember like I was really into their song Blind, like off of I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, off their first album, yeah, off was, like, their the first, first track. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, what would it have been like to to be like an adult, like music journalist or something? You're mm-hmm. like, Is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Is this the way we're going now? <laughs> being my age now and like corn being a new band. a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's weird to think about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
It's the birth of new metal. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I hope everyone's okay. I don't there's, know. there's some like young hotshot on your magazine. It's like, this is what rock's going to be from now on. And you're like, I hope not. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that there's a Beavis and Butthead episode where they're watching that video out there somewhere and they're like, oh, cool. <laughs> it's cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, it's a good episode. Yeah, great pick, Nick. Another episode, another Saturday. Another one on the can. All right. Um, I've uh, got uh, 400 more now, so he's ready to go for <laughs> next week is next Chris's years. Pick, right? It's my pick, yeah. Um, secret. Okay. <laughs> right, Thanks make, everybody for listening. Yeah, make sure you tell your friends. Um, if you have a now CD, please send it to us. Send it our way. Send it our way. <laughs> so we can have it. Thanks so much. We love y'all. Bye. <laughs>